0: So I know that he's ready to roll here tonight, amen? But uh, tonight is going to be a special night, a special night in history. Jeff, good to see you here, man. Good to see all of you here tonight. Why don't you just lift your hands just for a moment say, so Lord, my heart's open for you to do what you want to do in me. And I'll receive tonight everything you have for me. And I refuse to leave this place the way that I came in. Lord, let your presence fill our lives tonight. And we give you praise and we give you glory for it. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all ready? I got to figure out how
1: to turn this thing on. All right. 32 years we've been doing Blizzard Breakaway Conference. Amen. And most every year we've had a prophetic flow to it. Uh this year's a little different because we've got all five services are being led by prophetic ministry teams every speaker this time. We're not a church that only believes in the prophetic. There are those that so that's all they do. We believe in balance. There's got to be healing, salvation, teaching the word. The word is going to sustain you, and so I believe you're going to get word. You're going to hear prophetic, and you'll notice through this weekend. And we did this I, on purpose. I did this as I was selecting speakers and working with my husband on seeing, praying about who we should have come in. We have different types of prophets. We've got psalmist, we've got prophets to the nations. We've got those coming in Tuesday night. Uh, Patrick Kiteley, he's amazing, and a lot of what he does is prophetic, personal. Pro- to individuals, calling them out. So there's a lot to do with the prophetic. I'm not teaching on that tonight and I'm not preaching tonight. I'm preaching in the morning, but I just want to share that with you and get you excited about it, get your faith built up. It's going to be amazing. Amen. So come hungry. You know, my husband always says, and he preaches on a topic of uh, placing a demand on the anointing. It's up to us to come in with expectant hearts and place a demand on the anointing, draw the anointing out, amen? So do that tonight. I, there will be distractions because that's just how it goes. The enemy wants to distract us, discourage us and get us off focus so that we can't receive what God has for us. But it's going to be amazing times. So place that demand upon the anointing, amen? We're going to sing in just a second. We've uh, been working on Audio, I say we, uh, me and the frog in my pocket, not really. I don't know how to do audio. But God bless those that have been working on that all day today. And uh, we're excited about it. Thank you, Lord. Well, maybe I'll just go ahead and break now. So you wanna know some of the states that are represented? We've got Texas in the house. We've got um, Nashville in the house, but they're originally from Australia in the house. Hillsong's over here on the front row. We got New Orleans. We got Atlanta, Georgia over here. We've got Tallahassee, Florida right here. We got Baton Rouge. We got Golden Meadow, Fouche Parish. We got all kind of people here. We're excited. We're all the people of God. Amen. I'm going to have you start it again. We're singing Do It Again, and we're going to start it again. your promise still stands great is your faithfulness your faithfulness i'm still in your hands this is my
2: confidence you've never failed
1: i've seen you move you move the mountains and i believe I see you do it again You've made a way When there was no way And I believe I see you do it again I see you move You move the mountain And I believe I
2: see you do it again you made a way When there was no way and I believe, I believe, I see you do it again I see you move, you move a mountain And I believe, I believe, I see you do it again You made, you made it away when there was no way And I believe, I see you do it again God's gonna turn it around. It's It's gonna gonna work in your favor. favor. Stay in the midnight hour. God's God's gonna gonna turn turn it it around. It's gonna work. It's gonna work in your favor. It's gonna work for you.
1: Weekend, but God has already been working on your behalf. Amen. Sometimes it's not where we can see it, sometimes it's late in the midnight hour. Sometimes He's working behind the scenes. And sometimes it's right in front of us. But encourage yourself in the Lord, He's working for you. Late in the midnight hour. God's going
2: around. He's going to work in your favor. Late in the midnight
1: hour, God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. Late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. Late
2: in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. midnight hour, late, in the midnight hour, late in, out, lady in out, shepherd, the midnight hour, in the midnight hour, gonna turn, turn it around, night's gonna turn it around, gonna turn it around, it's gonna work for you, to it's gonna work, it's gonna work, it's gonna work, it's gonna work, it's gonna work you. You move the mountain, and I believe I'll see you do it again.
1: Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all may be seated. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Josh is coming in a moment to share, and then Pastor Garland's going to share. You may be seated. We know you're going to get a lot of worship and music tonight, so we just kicked it off with one song. Amen. Hallelujah. There he is.
3: Good evening. How's everybody doing? Well, I was in here. Well, since nine this morning and we were praying, playing and the spirit of God came in this place and I'm going to tell you, Prophet Robin started to sing and he said, the Lord said, I will leave a footprint in this house tonight. And I believe that God is going to step down in this place. Amen. It was weeks ago. The Lord said, he says, this conference will be an explosion in the spirit. Listen to me, an explosion in the spirit. And then someone else wrote a word to my mother-in-law that used the same word. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is speaking something. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, we're in a time and a generation that where there are prophetic words that are hanging in the atmosphere. Listen to me, they're hanging in the atmosphere. And they're still traveling around because they have been spoken, but it will not return void. Because the Word of God will be uh, sent forth and fulfill what it was called to do. Amen? And I believe that we're going to see an accumulation of an answered prayer on a generation, and you and I are part of that generation. Amen. You know, this conference started as a youth conference 32 years ago. And I've seen the videos because I wasn't around then. This is my eighth one in a row. But for 32 years, my mother-in-law and father-in-law have been here, every Mardi Gras in the Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge region, bringing the kids out of the city of New Orleans to get away from that stuff, to come here. And, and there's videos of just kids and young people, just hundreds of them lined up, falling out on the ground. Altar ministry, that's one thing we do here. We have heavy, heavy altar ministry. Come on, we believe in the laying of hands. Come on, and, and, and praying in tongues. Come on, from the stage. Come on, some churches say you shouldn't. I'm t- we believe in praying in tongues from the stage. And let the Holy Spirit... Have his work, amen? But I'm going to talk to you about generations real quick. My son, my, well, I have two. We have a, almost a four-month-old. But my eldest, he's four years old. And you know one of his heroes is Robin D. Bullock. I'm going to tell you, they have a connection. He's been mentioned on the 11th hour, not by name, but by an act he did. Before we met him in person, when Robin walked into a building we were at meeting them, my son Bo said, that's Prophet Robin. Why? Because in our home, although we do the fun stuff, we make a place for the apostolic prophetic. At four years old, he is hearing. He is understanding. And he is receiving impartation into his life. Amen. Come on. I thank God for education. But there's something more powerful. It's a spiritual impartation. And so while this was once a youth conference, it is no longer a youth conference. And it hasn't been for a while. It is a family conference. But the Lord even said, Josh, no, it's more than that. He said it's a generation mandate. You see, everything that Beth and I fight for must be carried out by our children, else everything I fought for becomes not. All it takes is one generation to lay down the gifts of God and to get in a new age. Come on, and to get off course. But no, it takes raising sons and daughters. Come on, in the kingdom. And while I'm happy that he loves Mario and Luigi and all the other stuff that young kids do, in this, I'll tell you, this is hilarious. We've got a guitar for Christmas. And he's got his mic up. And he says, Prophet Robin D. Bullock, Mario and Luigi. <laughs> and so we took a video and we said it to Krista, Prophet's daughter, and he laughed. she said, he laughed. He said, well, I guess I made it big time if I'm in the same <laughs> song as Mario and Luigi. But in what I'm saying in all of that, in the child of having fun, there's also an impartation. And I believe that in this time, in the season, you know why it's so powerful to come here? It's because there's principalities over the regions that you live. Come on, let me talk to you. There's principalities over regions. Sometimes it takes God moving you into a different geographical location that you're not having to go to work tomorrow morning. Come on, you're coming back to church tomorrow morning, amen? And it's going to take service after service of an impartation and the wave of His glory coming into your life so that you can have breakthrough. Amen? And so I challenge you, as pastor comes, let's open up our hearts and receive for your life, but not only for your life, but for the generations after you. Come on, everything I do is for my children but not only for my children, but their children that, you know, they're not even a thought at this moment. But we must set the standard for this generation to come.
0: Well, <laughs> well when you're not coordinated too well, you stumble up the stairs. I guess it's better than falling down the stairs, you know. Man, I tripped over a cord over here and stumbled up the stairs. But anyway, it's all good. Well, we're, uh, I guess, to be here in just a minute. and We're going to let them just come straight up on the platform and uh, give you a little bit of a schedule of what we're doing this week. Um, tomorrow morning, um, my wife and I will be speaking. And then tomorrow evening, we have uh, Charlie Jordan that will be ministering. And if you haven't heard Charlie, man, he can tear a base up. Unbelievable. He was the bass player for kim clement and uh, they came to new orleans a couple of times at our church and and uh, our church was never the same in fact kim had called me out in uh, humble texas and began to prophesy to me about hurricane katrina and uh, in that prophecy he said there would be bodies that would pop up out of the ground and various different things and and uh, just a few weeks later we had the storm come upon us. And uh, I can remember the impact that it made in that region and still has a major impact in that region. But I'm going to tell you, because of having people in your life that can see in the realms of the spirit, it's very important when you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And, and a lot of people wonder, well, what is that prophet's reward? Well, it's a, a lot of various different things. But one thing was that we were warned about a storm that was coming. And so we were able to prepare and able to take care of what we needed to take care of. And uh, we had led our church on a 50 day fast uh, prior to that coming. And, and uh, we just uh, saw the hand of God move in the midst of a storm. And so it's good to have people but uh charlie's here he's gonna be they're gonna i don't know if i'll announce it yet or or just let it happen tonight but uh charlie is going to be playing with robin tonight and uh charlie came we we were on the phone the other day and he says i'm just ready to open up the heavens and uh, that's what's going to happen tonight we're going to see the heavens begin to open up and I believe that each one of us, as we trust in the Lord, uh, that God's going to do some phenomenal things in this place before we leave out of here this Wednesday. And um, Tuesday night, we'll have, um, uh, my goodness, it just went blank. It's terrible. Patrick Kitely, thank you. He'll be coming. I think David mentioned a little bit about him, but his uh, uh, ministry is a powerful ministry. Uh, two years ago, he had him and his father Minister in one of our meetings out here and uh, they just went through the crowd and Ministered individually to two people that were in the crowd and so if you're here expect something to happen It's not gonna be over with tonight. This is just the open door for things to begin to happen I think there's gonna be a tremendous explosion that's gonna take place in the realms of the spirit I'm gonna clarify that and and uh, so you know the word tells us in John Third John, he says, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So the key to that verse right there is having your soul begin to prosper. As we read the Word of God, our faith should be growing. The Word tells us that my people are destroyed for the lack of understanding and the lack of knowledge, another translation says. So what happens as we begin to study the Word our soul should be digesting that bringing it in so that we begin to grow in knowledge in understanding and our faith all at the same time you know we can have knowledge but without faith but you can't have faith without knowledge so your faith is determined by the knowledge that you have in the word so it's important for us to study the word you know, tonight's going to be an explosive night. It's going to be an incredible night. This week is going to be an incredible week. We look forward to this, this moment every year. But what I find is that people begin to draw just in one area, and they leave it off after they received a word or they receive some insight, and they don't go to the word to build a foundation around that word that they have received so that it can mature and begin to grow but also that it can manifest itself in your life. You know, uh, when, when we receive the word of God, when we receive a prophetic word, we have to work that word in us. And so I believe that the things that are happening in our nation, in our world today, if the church begin to understand how to build their knowledge and build their understanding in the word and build their faith the church can actually begin to move into the realms of the Spirit and begin to tear down principalities and powers. But what happens is, we depend on people that are operating in offices of apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. But the Word says that they are for the perfecting of the saints. So anytime that we're in the presence of people like that, it should begin to charge our life to put us into the place that we're loaded up ready to tear down principalities and powers. Instead of the church in the world today relies upon people that are gifted, that have a gifting, that have an anointing. And they don't ever consider themselves to have an anointing or a gifting in their own personal life. Every one of us in here is called by God. Every one of us in here has an anointing on our life. Every one of us in here can see in the realms of the Spirit if we determine to move our way into that dimension. That makes sense what I'm saying. So if, if we here, just this group here, begin to determine, I'm pushing my way through to begin to see what I need to see, to understand what I need to understand in the, in the, in the realms of the Spirit and be the part that I need to be and allow the Word of God to fortify my life that I'm not going cuckoo somewhere. I, 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 like, I like to say this, you know, there's a lot of nuts and gr- granola bars in the world, you know. And there's a lot of flakes. We want to keep our feet grounded in the Word, that, that we don't become flaky, but we become spiritual. Does that make, make sense what I'm saying? So I want to challenge each of us tonight to get to a place that your soul begins to prosper as a result of you digging into the Word and bathing it with prayer and now beginning to see your soul begin to increase. Making sense? All right? So if our guests are ready, I'm going to have them come on up to the platform and take off and run. And and, uh, why don't you stand to your feet tonight and... Now let's get let's give them a good hand. Amen. Out of appreciation of who they are and the and the office that they hold. But I want you now let's begin to give the Lord a good hand today for what he's doing in our life and what he's stirring for us. Amen. All right. Just, just some ground rules here. we got some cameras going. If you can kind of watch yourself before you go down the aisle to make sure that you're not on camera so we can keep everything up here would be good. And uh, uh, <laughs> just let God move in your life tonight. You know, there, we, we have fought every kind of demonic force trying to get this thing going here today for weeks now and i haven't fought this thing for nothing we're gonna have a breakthrough in here tonight and i believe the heavens are going to begin to open up amen so those of you that pray in the holy spirit won't you just lift your hands and begin to pray in the holy spirit right now begin to begin to stir yourself up paul says stir up the gift that's inside of you stir it up speak it out let it go amen Lord, we welcome you in this place, Lord. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here to speak what you want to speak tonight, to minister to us how you want to minister to us tonight, Lord. Father, let your presence fill this place, Lord. We we call for healing to take place in people's bodies here tonight, in their mind, their spirit, their emotions of God. Father, we ask you, Lord, that there would be none disappointed in here, but your spirit move upon them, O oh God. That you begin to speak into their heart what you have for them to hear tonight. Now Lord, we magnify your name. We thank you for what you're doing and we thank you, Lord, that this nation is not going down. That this nation is rising up. And people are waking up. They're seeing what's taking place and what's going on. And the church is awakening. And Father, we thank you that the giants that are around us are coming down. David's coming out with his stone. And we're about to see the manifestations of your spirit hit this land like never before. And Father, we receive the revivals that's going to hit the streets of these United States of America. People will be cry- crying out for you. Lord, move upon us here tonight, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for what you're stirring, oh God. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray.
4: Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands up and bless our God. Come on, we'll just bless our God a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: Eu <SILENCIO>
4: Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We give you honor and praise and glory. Lord, we worship you. We invite you, Holy Ghost, into this place to do and say whatever you want to do and say. Come on and lift your voice up and give a shout of praise.
2: Hallelujah. A <SILENCIO> é
4: I'm gonna tell you something, by the Holy Ghost in this place, God is gonna move from that wall to that wall, come on, show your joy on your face and let it roll.
2: No. Mm-hmm. No,
4: It's a river that flows, coming from the throne of God, full of the prophetic voice, whispering the words of life, yeah, if you will listen close, you can hear him speaking to you deep inside. There is a reed that flows Coming from the throne of God Full of the prophetic voice Whispering the words of
2: life
4: If you will listen close You can hear him speaking to you deep inside Thank you. there is a river that blows coming from the throne of god Full of the prophet voice, whispering the words of life. And if you will listen close, you can hear him speaking to you deep inside. One more time. There is a river that flows, coming from the throne of God. Full of the prophetic voice, whispering the words to life, Yep, and if you will listen close, you can hear him speaking to you deep inside. Bye, Charlie, you ready? Come on, play it now, Charlie Jordan. <laughs>
2: Come on! Give the Lord a shout, would you?
4: See what happens right here come on y'all look at each other and say well all right <laughs> are you glad you came are you still glad you came after that yeah hallelujah jesus is good god is absolutely good and he's going to make a footprint here in East Tennessee tonight. It's going to be a footprint made here in East Tennessee tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. need to hire another band do <laughs> The little red band in the boxes it's not yeah he's, he's, he's gonna break <laughs> well let's just thank our God because he is good he is absolutely good so we give him praise and honor It's such a privilege to be with you tonight. Hallelujah. We're just going to flow a little bit here. shout hallelujah come on and shout hallelujah come on and shout shout come on hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: hallelujah hallelujah to the lamb of god
4: hallelujah 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 to the lamb of god are you Are you serious about your praise tonight? Come on. Are you serious? Are you serious? Are you serious about your praise in this place tonight? Are you serious? Look at your neighbor say, are you serious? Are you serious? Are you serious? serious?" Are you serious? Look around you. Are you serious? Are you serious it's about your praise tonight? Hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. to the Lamb of God.
5: Hey, Robin, let me do this a little bit. You're somewhere in the future. And you're looking so better right now. Don't you know? Say, I'm somewhere in the future. And I look much better than I look right
2: now. I'm somewhere in the future. Oh, come on, say it i look much better than i look right now i'm somewhere in the future and i look much better don't you know you look good
4: Suddenly the world picked up its pace. The Lord said, I am going to grant you legs that outrun the king's chariots. I'm going to grant you legs that move like the wind. Legs that stay ahead of the king's chariots. and stay ahead of the government, says the Lord. I'm going to give you that. So gird up your loins and get ready to run. Get ready to run. Say, run. Say, run.
2: Run. Come on, run. You're going to run. Hallelujah.
4: We're going to run, run,
2: set, run, come on, run, we're
4: going to run, run, run,
2: run. For in the day
4: of technology where knowledge is moving faster than it's ever moved before, the Lord says it's not going to be the same in my church. It'll be the same power. But I'm going to open you a new door. For I'm going to open the door and bid you come through, says the Lord. I'm going to open the door and say, come to me, says the king. And you're going to run and you're going to run faster than ever before. For I'm going to give ideas that will build whole industries in the body of Christ. I'm going to give business ideas that will prosper you beyond the gates. That will prosper you beyond the Zuckerbergs. That will prosper you beyond anything you've ever seen before. For this is the time, says the Lord, the time of what? Of the open door. Of the open door. Come on. Of the open door, of the open door. You open. I will, Lord. Come on and give the Lord the biggest shout you got. Time is moving. Time is moving, and a new wind is blowing. The Lord says to pay no attention to things around you that are saying the world will go this way or the world will go that way. The Lord says the world is going the way it's been prophesied to go. And I am going to bring about a turn of this great ship called the United States that you live in. And I'm going to turn this great vessel, says the Lord. And I'm going to turn it and turn it until I turn it all the way around. You hear the, the wind? This is a wind that the contrary wind cannot cut. For well, this is the wind of the spirits, is the Lord. And it is the wind that will ride the ship again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. i mm-hmm. Is blowing again. Let it blow. Oh. Begin to stir your spirit in other tongues right now, all across this room. Let other tongues begin to come up out of your spirit in a roar. The church has been quiet too long. The church has been silent too long. The dogs begin to bark. But a barking dog is better than a dead lion. So begin to roar. Begin to roar, says the Lord. What are you afraid of? Roar. Shout. Scream. We thank you for this night. We thank you for the sounds of the spirit. I thank you for the prophetic sounds, Lord, that open new gates and new doors, that we can hear new things from you, things like never before. Yes, I will, Lord, I will tell. The Lord said the things you are hearing now, or prophecies that were made 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And the Lord said, now the door is open. You'll begin to see these things come to pass. And they'll be hooked on to the prophetic words of now. And you'll see how the train coupled the whole time. And you will be glad that you stood For it's standing time now. It's standing time, says the Lord. Would you stand? If you'll stand. The Lord says, can you do that for me? Can you stand? I'll do the work if you'll stand. He said, I will do it. You just stand. For the Lord says that the lives of your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren are now at stake. For they will never know the nation you knew. Let's just stand. So stand. Stand like never before. Stand like never before. Stand like never before. before. You must stand. You must stand Say, I'll stand like never before Come on I'll stand like never before I will stand like never before I'll stand I'll stand
2: I'll stay. Yeah.
4: We will stand. Come on, say it with me. We will
2: stand.
4: Like never before.
2: We will stand. We will stand,
4: we will stand, we will stand
2: like never before.
4: Hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord a shout of praise. I don't
2: know if I'm done,
5: but wow. Aren't you excited about what God is doing? Now let me tell you the reason why I'm saying. It because actually I was supposed to minister on Tuesday night, and I was going to fly in on a Monday. Night. But you see, as I continued to talk with Garland and Beverly about when I was going to come, they this is what they said. I know, Charlie, we're saving you for Tuesday, but we feel that you must come in on Saturday. You must be here for the start of the service. Well, I couldn't be here for the totality of the service. Right. I, could, I, I just couldn't do it. And so what I finally decided, I said, you know, what? why don't you just move me to Sunday night so that I can come in so that I can be here to hear a Right. Because I wanted to be here in this prophetic atmosphere. I don't know about you guys, but you see, I'm used to acting a fool whenever God shows up. Really, really. You know, you heard about David when David acted crazy. He took off all his clothes. And those that judged them, they became what barren. They became barren. You see, see, we're not here to judge how we praise, we are just here to release our praise, amen. And so I, I said, Okay, oh, I'm gonna come in. And then Robin called and said, Charlie, what is it? I don't know what y'all know. I, I don't speak sign languages, brother. So I oh, I need that mic. Oh, okay. So anyway, I, 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 I heard the Prophet said, I need Charlie to come in and I need him to play with me tonight. And you see just before you said that Prophet, I was on one of my broadcasts and this is what I said. I said <laughs> that I'm gonna come in on Saturday night but before he asked me to play and I said him and I will gonna prophesy to the heavens. And we are going to see Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So he had no idea that I had said this. So this tonight, y'all, let me tell you something. God is doing something. God is doing something. And it's time for us to get excited. Don't worry about how I praise. You know, this is just my method of praising. Just receive it and say, you know what? I'm going to praise. I'm going to be risky. I'm going to be radical. And I want to be revolutionary. Because that's the praise that God is birthing through his remedy. Come on, let me hear you shout again. Come on, I say you can shout again. Oh, come on, let's shake the kingdom of hell with my shouts tonight. Come on. Oh, Hallelujah. Welcome the prophet.
4: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw Satan fall like lightning from hell. Yeah. <clears throat> it's good to be with you tonight. I'm so honored that you, I was invited to come. And uh, it's really good to be with you, Charlie. Yeah, man, my, it's my pleasure. I. Uh, you can take this down some in the monitor if you like. I want us to look at something tonight. I do things a little bit unorthodox, you know. I I turn the podium sideways and and I do things, you know, that's just a little different. Now, I want you to uh, look at Genesis with me just a minute because you, we have to know the beginning to understand the ending. Now, let let me let me see if I can say something here that. And I wish we had steps off the front, don't you uh, so so, let me see if I can say something here on this um, see when 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 prophecies came out about the nation and all of this happened in the election and all that kind of thing, I'm going to use code words because if I don't, they'll cut you off tonight so um when when we See, Isaiah 46.10 has to be something that, that people understand when it comes to the prophetic. Now, you, you know, people say prophetic, and I say prophetic. Where I come from, it sings better. <laughs> prophetic. So, so you have to understand Isaiah 46.10. Isaiah 46.10 says this, God declares the end from the beginning. And from the ancient times, the things that haven't happened yet. So the key is, is he declares the end from the beginning. And what happened during all of the, the prophecy times, and it happened all the way back in 707 when, when this was first prophesied. See, what happens is, is a prophet will go into the future return to the present and have a memory of the future. And then you return to the present with a memory of the future and then you begin to declare the things that haven't happened yet. What people what people tried to say, what they wanted to see was the end show up at the beginning. But that's not the way it works. The end is declared from the beginning. You have to go through and see the end and then come back to the beginning and start talking about it. And from the beginning to the end, prophecy has a chance to breathe and it starts expanding itself. See, it's a huge ship to be righted all at once. And I'm not trying to give an excuse for anything, but let me show you something. When If you take a a large ship, uh, especially in the old days, a large naval vessel, and it was made out of wood and it was huge, well, they had a a a wheel that they would turn, and they would turn if they wanted to turn the ship around. They turned the wheel all the way until it stopped, and then they would hold it there. Well, it had a small rudder, and so it looked like it wasn't even moving. It was just going straight, and you turn the wheel, and it just kept going straight. But if you hold the wheel long enough, the ship starts to slowly turn. It can't just turn, or everything on it dies. It's not a jet ski. So it has to turn slow so that everything alive on it can have an opportunity to adjust itself to the turn. And so what happens is when you begin to declare the ending from the very beginning, you're building a road all the way to the end. And the Word will become flesh and dwell among you if you just stay the course. Now what you're about to see, whether anyone realizes this or not, is a real collision time. That's why things are happening all over the world right now, is things are about to collide just like that. And when they do you're going to see what was declared from the very beginning. You'll see the ending of the thing. I don't know if that excites you, but it excites me. Now, now I want you to see in Genesis chapter 1, and I want us to look at verse 11. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. Whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. It was the third day. Now, did you see that? It says it was the third day. Now, when you, when you begin to look at this, see, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 have to reconcile themselves. It's not two creations. See, Genesis 1 talks about the creation, but Genesis 2 talks about the creation, but it's not two creations. It's still one creation. Different times are involved, but it's one creation. For instance, in Genesis 1, you have the the original creation and so forth, but then when you start to see the rest of it, it's actually putting back together what imploded in the first one. But it's still one creation. But when you get to Genesis 1, 11 through 13, and it talks about on that day, God planted everything that had seed within itself. On that day now you get over to Genesis 2 7 and it talks about how the Lord watered the face of the ground he watered the whole face of the ground and he said he formed man of the dust of the earth now don't think of the word formed like a statue what you want to do is think of the word form like a cast now if you've ever seen a cast made, let me let me explain something here. I got curious when I started seeing that word cast show up. How God cast his image in the earth. Now, the the Psalms declares, David said, "You when you talked about when you made me in your underground workshop." David understood something about being formed in an underground workshop. You're interested, you. Okay. So, what happens in those days, it's not dust like you would think of dust, it's topsoil. And in those days, there were five to six feet of topsoil. And so when God watered the face of the ground, the Hebrew talks about how this water came, this, this stream, this river came from the throne of God and went into paradise and it would come up as a mist under the ground. And the Hebrew text says it was a river of light. It sparkled with light, with a revelation of the Creator Himself. And He's going to water the earth so that the earth can do everything and bring forth a revelation of Him. But the revelation it was going to bring forth was his family. And everything had to be educated on who was about to come up out of that ground. So on that God would bring up a mist out of the earth. And it watered the whole face of the ground. Not just the place Adam was, but the whole face of the earth. And so the earth was wet and there was a mist. The glory of God was hanging over the ground in a deep form and it began to cover the earth like that. And on that day, on day three, God stepped down into that mist and He laid down in that wet topsoil and He buried Himself up under the earth and when He did, He began to cast His image. See, a cast is made in this way. I got real curious about this cast. So I watched a man make a cast. And what he did was he he took a a couple who put their hands together like this, and he he mixed up a five-gallon bucket full of like a plaster substance. And then he let it get kind of tacky dry, and he took their hands, and they pushed them down into that plaster. And then as it started to dry, before it could get hardened, he pulled their hands back up, and there was just a little hole. Then the man mixed up another substance and poured it into that hole, and he smoothed it over and let it dry. Then he turned the bucket over, and he pulled the bucket off. Now we had a cast of a bucket. But then he took that bucket and turned it back over, and you could see where the little hole was. And the master that was making the cast took his hands on each side of that hole and he started pulling the debris away from it. And as he pulled it away and it piled up around it, as it went down, suddenly you could see the veins in the arms of the people. And it came on down until it revealed a whole cast of those hands like that. On day three, God laid down in the wet earth And he laid himself down that way. And when he did, a mist covered the ground. And no one saw what was going on. No angel. The Bible said it was a mystery hidden in God. And so when when this was done, God filled this cast with his faith. And on day six, which is exactly three days and three nights later, he stepped down into the earth. And he began to remove the debris away from where his, he had laid down. And when he did, it would look like an open grave. And there lay his image, his cast in the earth. And God, the Hebrew says, he shadowed the man. He laid down on top of the, of the cast. He put his fingertips on the man's fingertips, his eyes on his eyes, his mouth on his mouth. And he inhaled and caught up the man's spirit and breathed it into the cast. When he did, the man's eyes opened and he became a living soul. And God raised him up out of the grave and stood him up on with him in front of him. He said man be in my image after my likeness let him have dominion and the man was coming up out of the grave with this resurrection power and he prophesied at that day man's life began with a prophecy and that prophecy was and the first thing that was prophesied was God prophesied of himself that the day would come he would take flesh and die and be buried and after three days and nights he would rise again and then he also Prophesied that the man would also have a resurrection, that nothing could hold him in the ground. This is the prophetic, it's prophecy, and it began with prophecy, and it will end with it. And so, when you begin to look at that, won't you listen to something? lord says this to me he said god cast his own image in the in the dirt and breathed into his nostrils the breath of lives the hebrew says lives not life lives you may tell you what's wrong with the church right now they've been civilized God is tribal. Jesus is not a tame lion. No one has ever tamed him. Death tried to tame him. They tried to shackle him and they tried to hold him down and they tried to keep him in the pits of the damned. They tried to hold his body in a government sealed tomb. The government always tries to seal and tame the church. Government is always using its governmental seals to to stop the church. You can't have service. You can't do this. You, You can't do this as if we're afraid of a sickness. Not many amens. Not many amens, huh? But I'm going to tell you something. Because I'm, on, I'm, I'm always on covenant business. Yeah, I will, Lord. I'll do that. I'm always on covenant business. As I, we say in, in Alabama, business. We're on covenant business. If you have to put up a sign on your church door, that says if you have a temperature, you can't come in. You might as well nail a moose head up on the back of the wall. You've got a private club. Now, can you see Jesus when the leper approached him? That was a deadly transmitted disease. Can you see Jesus when, as the leper approached him and and he came up and said, Master, you can make me clean if you will. I don't know your will in this situation. Can you see Jesus? Say, Peter, Peter, my God, it's a leopard, man. It's a leper. Go take his temperature. Keep him away from me. Well, next thing you know, Peter's arguing. Yeah, but Lord, we may catch it. Well, better you than me. Go on out there. Because I'm the son of God. I can't afford to catch it. Did you know one translation says when the leper said, you can make me clean if you will. One translation said Jesus looked at him and said, why sure I will. And he laid his hands on that disease. No fear. I've laid my hands on that sticky sickness. You don't need a church if you're going to put take your temperature at the door. Someone needs to take your spiritual temperature because you've forgotten. You've been tamed down. We're not a tame. We're not tame lions. You don't. You a lion. You don't have to defend a lion. Just open the cage. He'll defend himself. Yes. Yes. Give me some bass sometime. Now, now, here, I want you to, I want you to hear this. Covenant business. Yes, Lord. In the days of covenant, in the days of, of, Tribal. Civilized makes you dumb. I don't, it's not going over. It probably never goes over. But here is the thing: it makes it makes dumbs men down. I want you to know something: technology does not mean this is a smarter generation than the old generation. Technology proves how dumb a generation can become that a machine has to think for them. Let's see technology build a wooden boat 450 feet long, 60 feet high, put every two of every kind of animal in it, every kind of species. Let's see it pitch it within and without and let's see it work that way. Let's see everybody do that. Let's see technology build a wooden aircraft carrier. They didn't know how. They don't know how you know how you know how you got to stop and think how did noah move the timbers it took we ever thought about that noah wasn't a tame lion he wasn't he wasn't shackled how did he move those timbers these timbers wasn't the trees you see now these timbers were huge he didn't have cranes He moved them with sound. He knew how to produce the same vibration that was in the timber and he could match the frequencies and lift them from the ground. Science don't know how to do that. But he did. In those days, covenant was everything. Covenant See, for instance, the American Indian, they're very dear to me. The American Indian, what made them the way they were about the, what they call white men? There's no white men. That's white. if you ever see someone like that they're usually dead so, so the way we describe color is a lie there's no black men black there's no red men Are you kidding? Red? Do we have red? Charlie, stand up. See that shirt Charlie's wearing? Now, when you see a guy like that, get him to the hospital. Something's usually wrong if he's that color of that shirt. Oh, this petal. There's no yellow men. I mean, are you kidding? So even that's a lie. But the American Indian couldn't, they were covenant people. And they couldn't understand what made them so upset was they couldn't believe anybody would lie. Because they didn't lie to each other. They couldn't believe anybody would lie. Because in covenant relationship, you don't lie. See, here's covenant. Okay, Charlie, you want to help me? Now come up here. I need you to come up here with me. Yeah, well, you can wear your base. Yeah. Okay, now I want you to turn and face me. All right, now let's just say in our lives that Charlie and I was going to cut this covenant, this blood covenant together. Now, it's my story, so I'm going to tell it my way, okay? Yeah, All right. <laughs> yeah. okay. So, So let's just say for a moment that Charlie and his family, they absolutely could grow crops In their backyard enough to feed a state my family's starving to death because we can't grow we we don't even everything we put in the ground dies but now we can fight we can fight but in their tribe even the girls whip the guys It's my story, right? (laughs) But I can reverse it, you know. Okay. Okay, now here it is. We need each other. Oh, dear God. We got to have each other. So we would come together. And I'd say, Charlie, man, listen. I need your help. My family's dying. Would you, if you will enter this covenant with me, I'll put every warrior I've got to fight for you, no matter who attacks your, your shores and your soil. He says, yes, I will. Yes. Now, we would, in one covenant, we would dig this trench in the ground, about yay wide, maybe ankle deep, and we would kill these animals and split them down the middle, lay one half against the other on each side of the ditch. And the blood would run down into that trench. He would take off his shoes. I'd take off mine. And we'd step down in that blood. We could feel that blood. We could smell the animals. Our senses are alive. His family's behind him. My family's behind me. And I look at Charlie and I say, whatever I have from this day forward is yours. No matter what it is, He swears to me, whatever I have is yours, no matter what it is. All you have to do is ask. And then we look at each other standing in the blood and I give him my weapons. He hands me his weapons. Now where he was weak, now he's strong. Where I was weak, now I'm strong. Now we don't have a weakness because we have a covenant. Are you with me? Now watch. And so we're standing there and then suddenly we start declaring these blessings on each other. It's called the blessing. And we start calling the blessing on each other. And then suddenly we say to one another, if you ever break this covenant, Charlie looks at me and says, if you ever break this covenant, your own family will hunt you down to the fourth generation and kill you. And I say it back to him. And now we look at one another. And we say this, blood is thicker than milk. And what it means is, is this blood covenant is more binding than the brother that drank from the same mother's milk as I did. And if it comes down to my natural brother dying, or you dying, he has to die because we cannot break the covenant. This is covenant. And so now from... Forever, you and I are together. Now, in other covenants, they would take and cut their hands and they would put their blood together and bleed their blood into one another. And then they would take and and scar their hands so that they would have a scar across their head. Then if 20 years from now, Charlie walked in the back door back there and there was hundreds of people here, but I looked up and I said, is that my covenant brother I hadn't saw him in 20 years? This is how I would make sure. And I would show him my scar. He would look at me and hold his scar up. And we're saying the covenant we made that day is still intact. We're still intact. See church. Church people, and I'm, I'm not downing saying, I don't mean that derogatory, but people that go to church and that, that's spent their whole life around Jesus, they don't realize when they come into a place and then suddenly the music gets high or the praise gets high and you just stop and raise your hands up like this. And you don't know why you raised it. You were compelled inside here to raise your hands up. What you don't realize is when you entered that atmosphere, Jesus stood and looked over your crowd and He held His scarf out in his hands like that and when he did you couldn't help it you were compelled to show him our scars our covenant is still intact I have a covenant friend this is covenant and so when we come in places we're tribal we're not civilized Civilized means they make you sign a stack of papers this thick to promise to pay for a washing machine because you're a civilized liar. And it's infiltrated everywhere. No honor. Someone puts money in a, in a drink machine, soft drink machine. You know, in the South, it's where I come from, it's, it's, a, it's a, a Coke machine, Coca-Cola machine. We pull up to a store and we say, you want a Coke? Yeah, what kind? You want a Pepsi Coke? You want a Mountain Dew well, Coke? I mean, we all understand that's soft drink. But you can tell. People put money in one of these machines. It drops their drink out at the bottom. And then the money falls back out. Looky here, I'm blessed. No, you're a thief. That's what you just did. That wasn't yours. So you stole a Coca-Cola. It's infiltrated to the smallest thing. And it robs you of covenant-mindedness. See, there's only two races Those that know God and those who don't. And those who do, we are in covenant with him and each other. So when you get to a place in worship in church where they won't let you raise your hands anymore, what what they may not even realize they're doing and what you may not realize Satan's doing is keeping you from showing him your covenant. And when he holds his hands out and you're compelled to do it, but you won't do it because they won't let you do it. Satan is hiding the covenant and not allowing you to respond to your your covenant brother. This is covenant. And we are tribal. Now, when God cast his own image in the, in the dirt and breathed into its nostrils this cast. He breathed into it the breath of lives. God was not just manufacturing a man. He was reproducing himself. That didn't get a big shout. It should have, but it didn't. He was not manufacturing a human being. He was reproducing himself. He wanted a family that could talk to him on his own level. Imagine being loved and having no one to give it to. And he can't just give it to angels. Why? Angels don't understand love. Now, love created angels, but angels were not created in the love realm. They were created in the holiness realm. That's why they're known as holy angels. Every time the four living creatures, the angelic creatures go around God's throne, every time they connect with his vision, look him in the eye, they draw back and cry, holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come because they can't break and get past holiness. But way down deep inside him is where you were created. In love himself, in the depth of his being. And so, when God created the man, he wasn't manufacturing a man. He was reproducing himself. And the only thing would ever be over this creature is himself. Human resources couldn't provide for him. Nothing could provide for him but God. So the Hebrew says he laid down on him, over him. How, 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 how is that? Well, you see the prophet Elijah. Yeah, you can help me anytime you want. You see this prophet Elijah. And Elijah goes into the dead boy. Remember that? You don't remember it, but you've read it. He goes into the dead boy and he lays himself on the boy. And he puts his eyes on his eyes and his mouth on his mouth. Three times he does it and the boy sneezes seven times and wakes up. Then Elisha, the prophet, did the same thing except he put his hands on his hands. They saw God do that in the spirit to Adam. And he stretched himself on them. He wasn't manufacturing a man. He was, he was reproducing himself. And this day that we live in, listen to what the Lord told me. He said, while we are in this dirt, while we're in the dirt world, in the dirt realm." We should, through our teaching, constantly be casting our own image in the earth. Not just manufacturing believers, but reproducing ourselves. How many of you got that? Yes, Lord. While we are in the dirt, we must reproduce ourselves in the earth. Hallelujah! I'm not a tame lion. And I'm not, I'm not just a prophet that goes out and just pets people on the head. I'm in a time... And prophets are in a time when they have to take their finger and stick it on the end of a king's nose and tell the king, you're a rogue liar. And we have to say, thus saith the Lord, if you won't fight for yours, I will fight for yours. I have to fight for this generation. So what are you doing, Brother Robin? I'm stretching myself on a generation. I'm stretching myself on them. I'm putting my hands on their hands, my eyes on their eyes, and my mouth on their mouth. And I'm speaking into another generation of people. I'm not just trying to make a bunch of converts. I'm trying to reproduce myself. I'm trying to show and reproduce the prophetic word. I'm trying to recognize the calls in people and call it forth out of them. trying to we must begin to to look and recognize and call forth destiny a prophet steps into tomorrow inhales the future comes back to today and breathes out destiny so that people can see it like a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire and walk toward it. Hallelujah. People wonder sometime and I guess and they because the Lord told me he said there's a jackal in the White House. There's a jackal there. He's not supposed to be there. And he has no anointing from heaven. You can pray for the president, the office of the president. You can pray for Joe Biden. But you cannot pray for President Joe Biden. Because you might as well pray for the Easter Bunny. Because it's a mythical being. if all these prophecies are not true, why don't it just go away? Why don't it go away? Because if you let this one slide, you've lost your future. They're not planning on there ever being another president. Now, He said, well, you know, you call him a jackal, yes. Because that's what he is. Now, what does a jackal mean? Someone in the form of a man, a jackal means someone who's doing someone higher than them's bidding. Jesus came, was walking toward, a man came and met him and said, Herod. Of old has sought to kill thee. Jesus said, You go tell that old fox that I'll do miracles today and tomorrow, and the third day I'll be perfected. The word fox in Hebrew is jackal. And if you go back and look at Herod, he was not a legitimate king, he wasn't even a Jew, he was someone that was a puppet of Rome. And so when he called him a jackal, it's no different than right now. Well, that don't go over. That don't ever go over a lot. But you can, you know, you you can believe whatever you want to believe. But some things are detrimental if you believe them. Because if a man lives in his perception What a man perceives the world to be is what he makes his decisions on. You were told that a small sickness that would only affect, in reality, less than 2% of the world population, and it would only kill less than one. But you were told and made to see that it was absolutely the biggest killing machine in existence. If you got it, you surely died. So they had to put, uh, perception started changing. The flu death started disappearing. It just started going away. And this new thing started rising. Now it's declining and the flu's coming back. So now we know what the cure for the flu was. is that right? Now, I didn't say it wasn't real. I said it wasn't what they said it was. Now, there is a thing called a worldometer. Some of you may not even know that exists, but if you just go to worldometer.com, you will find this, this meter of real deaths in real time. Of what's killing the world. HIV is way up. This other stuff is way up. In one year. 40 million babies were slaughtered in abortion clinics. One year. Already over 3 million since January. Pushing 4 million. That's the biggest number and it's killing them like this. If you pulled it up right now and looked at it, it would say so many millions, so many hundreds of thousands, 4. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. In real time, they're dying. Find this sickness they said kills everybody. It's not on there. And then when you start searching it out, it's like, what? It was only meant to change perception. And so they took and put, here's a perception, it'll kill you. So put something over your face. As if a cloth will stop something like that. It might as well be a marble thrown at a chain link fence. But in the old west, when people got ready to, Rob trains and banks. They did this. So that you wouldn't see who they were. When they steal elections, they do this. So you can't see who they are. I hope that didn't get you kicked off. Because they, they, they watch me. and You know, yeah, they do. And, and they try to kick it off. So I'm talking in code. Now I want you to listen. Lord, really? Really? See, you're locked into prophetic cycles. And you're locked into huge prophetic cycles right now. And you may not know this, but you've been locked into one since 92. 92. A prophetic cycle is something God says what has been will be again and God requires that which is past see there was a time in in in, uh, in a nation that a king the king of this nation wore a crown he was the king but everybody knew his wife had the power so in this day in this king's day the killing of babies just proliferated huge. Well, this king was wounded during the middle of his kingdom. But he managed to hold himself up to the end of the day. And they washed his chariot clean. But his wife said, hey, I want to run the nation. So she went back and decided she was going to run the nation. But the Lord raised up a war captain. And this war captain was famous for being a prisoner of war or famous from being freed from a restraint. He came and debated her. And then they threw her off the wall. Her blood splattered on the ground by the wall. And according to a prophet's prophecy, the dogs ate her there by the wall. Prophets turned against that prophet because he had prophesied such a radical thing. Now let's fast forward in time. What has been will be again. God requires that which is past uh, past in your learning prophetic cycles. In 1992, a man named Bill Clinton became the president of the United States. He had the the title, but everybody knew his wife had the power. Now during the uh, I'm talking about Ahab and Jezebel in days of old, during their time there was a huge land scandal. Someone was murdered. And there was a vineyard involved. Bill and Hillary Clinton, he had the title, she had the power. He got wounded in the middle of his second term and was impeached. But he managed to stay in office to the end of his terms. Listen, my friends, if I thought my cousin was the antichrist, I'd tell you. It don't matter to me. I'm just here to tell you what God says. I don't have time to play. Because if we do, we're losing if we stop. If you're not fighting, you're backing up. Don't ever forget that. And so, during their time, during the Clintons' time, there was a huge land scandal. Someone was murdered. Whitewater. As soon as that was over, they vacationed at a vineyard called Martha's. He managed to hold himself up to the end of the day. But when he left office, she went back to run the nation. And she just knew she was going to do it. But there was a war captain raised up. His name was McCain. He was famous for being a prisoner of war. Just like Jehu of old. He comes riding up to debate her. But he couldn't beat her. So her own people threw her off the wall. Oh, yes, they did, too. They threw her off the wall, and they put up Barack Obama in her place. Now, what happened right there? Can you see that's a parallel? So what happened? What happened right there? Satan has to fight from the shadows and timelines of prophecy. Man is a prophetic being. It was prophecy that prophesied him in the beginning. So everything is fought on the prophetic realm and prophetic cycles that turn. So, what happened was right there, when the modern Jehu came by, McCain, who was just like Jehu of old, or the son of Nimshi, which means freed from uh, restraint, he comes by, a war captain, just like the old one, and he comes up to debate her, but he couldn't beat her. So, her own people, just like in the old days, threw her off the wall. But instead of Jehu running over her, he quit. And so one of the eunuchs that threw her down became the president. That There was no precedent in that. There was nothing in the Bible to support it. No precedent. If the old Jehu, when he ran over her, he gave Israel peace for 28 years. 28 years. He stopped Baal worship. He ridded the land of Baal worship. But the modern Jehu didn't. And when he became president, Satan moved 28 years into the future and we didn't know what to do. We had our head in a bag screaming and no one could hear us. I'm telling you, you are in a prophetic surf cycle of time. Right now, you're in the biggest prophetic cycles you've ever seen. So the Lord had to raise up another Jehu. His name was Trump. Donald Jehu Trump. (laughs) So he raised him up. And he ran over her. I could tell you something, but they would probably surely cut the string if I did. If I do, it's off. But I will tell you this, I can't go into a lot of detail right now, but I'm gonna tell you something about about where you just came through. So I, I, I can't explain all of that, but if, you know, I'm not here to promote a book, but there is a book called The Pool and the Portal out there. If you'll read that, you'll understand what I was just talking about. Now the next thing, you just came through a prophetic date 22 22. Yes. All the occult world knew that day what was happening. Everybody was saying a portal would open. A portal is going to open. A, a portal will open on 222-222. Well, now we have to see what kind of portal that is. What are they doing? Oh my, oh my goodness. If you only knew what, how much a big role the government's playing in this. Listen, you may not realize it, and you may think, well, the people are wearing, listen, they because they wear ties and nice suits and they're so clean, you can eat off the back of their hand. It's a foreign thing to the people that they go home at night and some of them put hoods on and worship Satan. They can't hardly believe that. They can't believe it, but some of them do. Some of them really do. When Hillary Clinton was in the White House if this is not so then tell me why it happened she called two of the most powerful witches in the world they came into the White House and they had a seance where they conjured the spirit so-called of Eleanor Roosevelt to embody her and she channeled the spirit of Eleanor oh they they were just playing games really The first lady of the United States played a game with a seance. Why would in 2016 when she was running for president, why did they bring the Arch of Baal and put it in New York Central Park? Why did they put it there? Why? You say, what is the Arch of Baal? The arch of Baal was in Palmyra, Syria. And what it was, it was a triumphal arch, they called it. And up on the hill above it was the temple of, of, of Baal where they would take their children, walk through the arch, go up the ramp, and lay it in the hands of Baal and offer their lives. So when ISIS did what it did, they blew up the temple but they sick, saved the arch there's a bunch of thugs that ride around the back of a Toyota pickup with machine guns don't know how to blow up a building and surgically save the arch the arch someone with skill did that and then they took that arch and they 3d printed 1000 of them 1000 of them and then they destroyed it and then they moved one into Central Park. And then when Brett Kavanaugh was being put through the, the, the circus, they put him through up there. They moved the Arch of Bale into the park across the street from the Supreme Court. And they set it up and faced it at the door. Why? Ask yourself why. Why would they do that? Boris Johnson dedicated an arch of Baal in London. Prime Minister of Italy, the President of Italy, he dedicated one. They started showing up all around. So they could conjure the spirit of Baal through the portal of the arch. Chuck Schumer stood on the Supreme Court steps and this is what he said. He said, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, if you vote wrong on this abortion thing in Louisiana, you won't know what hit you. We will. You have unleashed a whirlwind. Angels ride in whirlwinds. That was an occultic statement. Do they believe in this? Hillary Clinton panicked on the 2016 debate stage. She said, you can't vote for him. He'll stop abortion. He'll stop abortion. When they ask someone on a major news network, they said, why is the Democrat Party so obsessed with abortion? This is what he said. He don't know. He don't know. But there will be over 42, probably 41 to 42 million children in the womb die before the end of this year. It kills more than anything kills. Why? Because it's always been a battle between God and Baal. God and Baal. God and Baal. Moloch sit in the valley of Hinnom. Well, who was Moloch? Moloch was Baal's counterpart Moloch Sit there he had the body of a man And the head of a, of a cow He had his hands out like this They would build a fire inside his belly and he would heat that idol up until it was glowing red hot. And they put a drummer on each side to pound a drum so that you couldn't hear a child scream. And they would come up and lay the baby in the thing's hands and sear it to death while it screamed. And they would go behind him. They had a lever on the back of his body where they would pull it and, and Moloch's hands would go up and the baby would roll into the fires of Moloch. And the Bible calls it Passing your children through the fire. And it's no different than Planned Parenthood. They are temples of Baal. And whether you know it or not, they were were erected and started to wipe the black race off the planet. Now, I don't know if you know that or not, but you look it up yourself. She was That was her whole reason for starting it. And per capita, per, per percentages, the, the black children are just dying like flies up beside every other culture. Why? What scares them so about that culture? They want it gone. Hitler did too. He wanted everything but the one he created to live. I know you talk, Brother Robin. You you just talk. You're upsetting us. We came to a conference to twinkle our toes across the aisles. We came in here to frolic in the spirit. There is no frolicking until the war is won. You must win. Well, I don't believe all of this. Let me tell you why you don't believe it. Let me tell you why someone will not believe what I just said. Can I tell you before I sit down? Now, you was all with me and Charlie when we was playing rock and rocking out. I mean, we were doing, and they were all with us. I'm just playing with you. Let me tell you why people don't believe that. About 3,000 years ago, does it go back that far? Yes. Actually, farther. But about 3,000 years ago, there was a man named Sun Tzu. He was an advisor to di- Chinese dynasties. He came up with a way to win a war without shedding blood. And what, his way was this. He said, "You are to subvert a nation. Subversion. The Soviets did this. It's amazing. They're in the news now. Isn't it? The Russia is in the news, trying to put the old Soviet Union together. So, in the in the uh, they called it the art of war. It was called ideological warfare. Should prophets be in the political?" People say, oh, they shouldn't mess with the political. Really? Nimrod was a king. According to the Jewish teaching, Abraham confronted him. According to the Jewish teaching, you have, and and you have all these, every time a king shows up, a prophet shows up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Joseph with Pharaoh. Moses broke the stranglehold of Pharaoh. The Bible says in Hosea that by a prophet, deliverance comes, and by a prophet, preservation comes. You have Moses, you have Joseph, you have Jacob, you have have Abraham, you have Isaac, you have Elijah, you have Elisha. All of these deal with kings in the political realm. Every single one of them. All the way to Jesus. So people don't want prophets to get involved. They just think I'm giving them a history lesson. I'm fighting a war for your children. And so are the others. If you think they don't, I'm gonna tell you something about one of the, uh, the, the greatest prophets in our time that we've ever known. You worked with him all the time. I, in Alabama, we called him Clement. I think, his, but the, his, we really should have said Clement. Kim Clement. He had one saying, Charlie sung about it earlier. He had many, but one of them was just world famous. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. If kings don't listen, then why did Bush send for him to prophesy? Why did he go before kings and prophesy? Why did Barack Obama quote him if he didn't watch him? They believe, they just don't want you to believe. I had a, a guy the other day call me, very well-known man. If I called his name, you'd know his name. He's not in, He's not a prophet. He was involved in the political. He called me the other day and he said, I sent someone down to the White House to take a picture of the White House. And he said, they said, why do you want me to do it? He said, because I want to see if there's a portal opening over the White House. And the guy with the camera said, you're crazy. I'm not going to do it. He said, just humor me, do it. He went down there, he came back and said, my God, man, there is one over the White House trying to form. They're trying to bring about something that you don't know. And there is worship services going on that you don't know. Why don't we believe it? Well, I'm tell you. Then I'll have to close, I guess, because, you know, I'm, I'm up here in Gatlinburg, and you don't, you don't want to get mad at me. <laughs> because of Sun Tzu. He said, I have this idea of how to win a war and never shed one drop of blood. I said, how are you going to do that? Well, the Soviets caught hold of it and it's done in four stages. The first stage is called demoralization. You have to demoralize a nation. How do you do that? You replace their teachers in their universities with the people, the teachers that believe what your nation teaches. In the Soviets, they did it with communism. They began to put professors in there. And communism is not not really... uh, Communism is not... It says we don't believe there's a God. Uh, Karl Marx was more than likely a Satanist. A real Satanist. And he invented communism in order to mask Satanism. Barack Obama was a Saul Alinsky student. In his book, Rules for Radicals, he dedicates his book and says, I want to dedicate it to first, or we can't dedicate this book without at least dedicating it to the original rebel, the one who, who at least, if, even though he was wrong, he believed in what he did enough that he had his own kingdom. So we dedicate it to Lucifer. Just you look it up. I don't believe that. That's why you don't believe it is what I'm telling you. Even if it's in black and white and you can read it, it's in the cover of his book. How come we can't believe what we see written? Why don't we believe that I'm going to tell you? And then you shake yourself. You ready? It was done in four stages. First, you replace all the educators with with uh, the communist teachers we did that it takes 15 to 20 years to demoralize a country you have to graduate three different classes of graduates before you have enough and when you graduate them they are to take over media political realms anything like that so After you have 15 to 20 years of this brainwashing, you have enough graduated to do it. Now, this is what Yuri Beznikov said when he defected from the Soviet Union. He said he came to America and he he defected here and he began to tell the colleges what subversion was in those four stages. He said... Once you subvert them and you demoralize a nation, they can't believe. That generation no more can believe it. Once it's completely demoralized, you could show them a Soviet concentration camp and they can't believe it. You could show it to them in paper and black and white and they can't believe it. You can show them pictures of people being abused like that and they still can't believe it. There's something in them that won't register and they only uh, react to certain trigger words said once you get it demoralized then you move to the second phase which is destabilization you start organizing groups like black lives matter like antifa you start doing the gay rights movements you start this was you start moving any movements women's lib anything that will organize move them into a place to start riots and then he said after that That takes about all five years to destabilize one. Then it takes about six months for the third stage, move it into crisis. You get the nation on the verge of a crisis. And once the nation's on a crisis, it can't be pulled back. Said nothing will pull it back. There's only two things. will pull it back a foreign invasion or a civil war. We moved into Grenada because it was in the third stage. America had to go pull it back. But you can't see it when you get to it. Nobody can see it anymore. That's why the newscasters you see on these liberal stations do this. And you can tell them something, show it to them, and they just go. Because they can't see it. They're demoralized they're destabilized and now in their minds, the world's in a crisis with this. Everything it was to throw the world into crisis mode. But but I don't believe that that's, that's, I'm telling you why. The world was thrown into this is a crisis. Don't you, you see it, right? It's a crisis not really but it's a crisis everybody agrees it's a crisis we can't go away we can't we can't pull back we must unify to a one world and we would believe that a man who has cognitive problems I'm not making fun. I'm just telling you, if you've never seen that, you, you, you ought to know. Just watch. Till so you could take a man like that, put a covering over him, put him in a basement. Him, Barack Obama, Sharon Bon Jovi couldn't draw 300 people to a parking lot. And yet the man he runs against has five rallies a day, 15 to 20,000 people per rally. And this guy beat him. Really? How do, you, how do you fathom that? Where does that register at? Oh, he's the most popular man in the world. Really? Really? He's Booster on Jingle all the way. <laughs> Don't you remember what I'm talking about? Nobody likes you, Booster. They all wanted Turbo Man. So you have all of this and then when it comes down to now, this is where we are right now in this crisis thing. Now when, uh, uh comrade, uh, Brezhnev took over Czechoslovakia, he went through those four stages. The last stage is called normalization. It's indefinite. You want to know what it looks like when they, when, in Australia? Everything that just happened in Australia? When they asked the conservative think tank there, they said, what is this going on in Australia? He said, well, this wasn't done in a corner. He said, you're looking at normalizing. Why would he use that word? You're looking at normalizing a nation. When tank, Soviet tanks rolled down the streets of Czechoslovakia, Brezhnev said, Brotherly Czechoslovakia has now been normalized. So there has to, and listen, when you're in this stage, there either has to be a foreign invasion or a civil war that would pull it back. The Lord told me this. He said, Since there's not going to be a civil war, He said, I'm going to invade. He said, I will invade. He said, I'm going to invade from heaven. I'm going to come from heaven and invade this thing and I'm going to turn this thing around and you're going to see people who absolutely stood on the wrong side. You're going to see them as they promoted a lie. I'm not talking about the people who were conned. I'm talking about people who who promoted it, who invented it, who did it. You're about to see this thing change and you're going to see you're going to see people indicted. You're going to see all kinds of things Happen, but what you're going to see the biggest thing of all is the greatest revival you have ever seen come to the earth and it's going to be a revival of fire and it will not include notes on the door that says take their temperature it will not include things like that it's going to it's going to be a revival of power, a revival of fire. It's going to be something that you've never seen before and you're going to have to get on board or get out of the way. Are you bored? Are you are you okay? Hallelujah! Okay, I'll tell you this one, then I gotta stop. I don't know what time limit they give us here, so. Okay, it's, they're okay with it? Okay, okay. Are we close? Or are we okay? No, we're okay. All right. All right, let me tell you this one. Timothy Dixon and I, do you know who Brother Timothy is? Well, Timothy and I, Timothy had this dream. And you know, Brother Timothy operates in dreams like that, and if he has a dream, you, you really should listen. He had a dream, and he dreamed that him and I went to the courts of heaven. Now, he called me up, and, and I'm walking around my yard at my house talking to him, and he called me up. This was months before this happened. He said, I dreamed you and I was in, this, in the courts of heaven. He said, we were standing there, and he said, you had this big scroll under your arm. And he said, you walked up to this doorway where God was sitting inside this room. And you said, the Lord asked you what you wanted. You said, you rolled this petition out. And he said, it went on and on and on and on. And he said, what is it you want? And Timothy said, you looked in there and you said, I want my country back. And when I said that, He said, you can see the hand of the Lord came out of the doorway and said, granted. Now, after that, I'm trying to think of the name of the foundation now. They don't know about this dream, but they called Timothy up. This is a couple months after. And they said, we've got these giant scrolls, these giant scrolls. And he said, we're going up to D.C., And we're going to roll them out on the ground in front of the Supreme Court building. And he said, and in Timothy's dream, they were signed with tears. And he said, we're going up there to roll them out. And they're the names of all the aborted children by the hundreds of thousands rolled out. And so this foundation asked Brother Timothy, he said, would you call Robin Bullock? And you and him come. Now they don't know this dream. Would you and him come and speak? So we went up there. And all the prophets of Baal were over here. All the secular news. It's like the lieutenant governor of North Carolina. You know he was preaching one day down in Florida. I was standing there. Vice president was there. A bunch of them were there. He looked over at the news channel and he said nbc abc cbs he said all you alphabet soup (laughs) he said the last time i checked your card you wasn't god that's what he told him man he preached he preached brother he brought the fire down in that place lieutenant governor and so he they rolled these scrolls out and they were all over there in their cages and this is the way they were looking I'm not making it up. Before we went up there to speak, and we look up, and here comes this witch. She comes walking down. One of her foot soldiers were over here. He's wanting to attack me. He looks like. But Randy had other ideas. And so and Tim and Mark with Timothy, he he the witch kept trying to come, and Mark had just walking. He's this wide. He. Uh, he just walked down the line, man. She'd bump into it and couldn't get through it. Well, he's, he's a refrigerator. I mean, he's this tall and he's this wide, solid muscle looking. And so we had witches. We had the prophets of Baal. Then over here comes the abortionist down the street. All the scrolls are rolled out. I have Timothy speaks. Then I walk up behind the podium and step up on it. And I hold the staff out toward the Capitol. Hold my staff out toward the Capitol. I had held the staff out nine months earlier on the other side and commanded the Red Sea to part. Nine months later, I'm standing over here with the abortion scrolls. And I hold it out toward the Capitol and call the Red Sea back together. Then this happened. I step out in the middle of the scrolls, Timothy and I. And you, I don't know if you can hear it when you watch the video, but I had had my staff up. He had his up. And the Lord said there'll be a Red Sea time and an Elijah moment. And I started calling fire down out of heaven. And I said, Show the world your God. Within an hour after that, Facebook fell on its face. The first giant fell on his face lost billions of dollars. Then they rebranded and named themselves Meta. In Hebrew, it means dead. So now they called themselves dead. But here's something you might not have known. If I had a visual to show you the other day, I'm on Steve Schultz's program doing an intelligence briefing and he said have you seen this robin over the white house this fiery ball moved up over the white house and we're looking at it flashing lights fire moving we're talking about it forming some kind of portal and i'm asking the lord what is it the lord shows me he said you remember the day you called for fire on the elijah moment he said, there it is, kindling over the White House now. I don't know. I feel like I'm alone. And so now it's kindling. Now the fire is there. Now you see nations shaking and rocking. You see, if you want to know what's wrong with Trudeau, somebody ought to investigate his ties to China soon as you start sticking your nose into that, you'll find why he can't stop. You start looking at all these nations and you're watching everything that's going on nations are trembling they're perplexed they don't know what to do the only nation that's even qualified to stop it all is the leader is walking around talking with uh, without any can't even put sentences together and we're standing around wondering where our leaders are Putin is telling the world make one move and I'll start a nuclear war why didn't he do that about two years ago because he knew somebody else told him if you make one move toward that place we will burn you to crisp and he believed it he don't believe it anymore and now you see all of this shaping up I'm gonna tell you something as a prophet I want you to listen to me People say, well, you're just too political. Yeah, Elijah was too. And so was Elisha. And I follow in their footsteps like that. And listen, there was an Elijah, and now I'm walking in the Elisha time. And this is this time right now. And so you have to talk to kings. You have to look at kings. You have to point your finger at kings and say, thus saith the Lord. This is the only word that counts. Yours don't count unless it lines up with this. Oh, come on now. I know people People look and say, oh, man, I came to hear something interesting. No, well, if you're thinking that, what you came to hear is something that you wanted to hear. And I'm not preaching what you want to hear. I'm not preaching what tickles your ears. I'm not preaching what you think is right. I'm preaching and telling you what is the truth. It's the truth that will make you free. And this is the truth. And I remember when Trump stood up and said, took the Bible. He took the Bible. It wasn't just a Bible. It was a Bible that belonged to his mother. The Bible came from the Hebrides revival. And for linked to that massive move of God. He said, this is what we're going by. This is what we're going by. And they tried to crucify him for it. Oh, it's a photo op. It's a photo op. I wish they'd all do that kind of photo op. What did he do to make you so mad? He did everything he said he would do. Every single thing. He told you before he went in what he would do, and he did it. What what people got mad about is he didn't lie to them. Well, you're not popular no more, Brother Robin. I don't preach for popularity. I'm not even trying. Have you noticed? But I am fighting a war. And whether you believe this or not, I love you. I absolutely do. I, I absolutely do i said i drive my car down the road sometimes and i watch people walk across the street and i almost weep over the people i said god love them he said i do love them i said lord god we've got to tell we i want to help i want to do i want to save i want to do something that will set them free give me an e e note, just a low e boom boom One day I was standing on stage and I'm a tribal person. And suddenly it came shake them shackles off, shake them off, shake them off, shake them shackles off, shake them off, shake them off, shake them, off. Shake them shackles off. Shake them, off, shake them off, shake them off today. Come on, come on, come on. Do you dare shake them shackles? Shake them off, shake them off, shake them shackles off, shake them off, shake them off, shake them shackles off, shake them off, shake them off today. Come on, come on, who would do it? Come on, say, shake them shackles off, shake them off, shake them off, shake them shackles off, shake them off, shake them off, shake. them shackles off shake them off shake them off today the more we sing the more it pulls on the inside of you why why does that pull on you so why it's because when the founding fathers made a covenant with god See, Israel was created because God loved Israel. America was created because we loved God. And so he honored something that they wrote down. Do you want to know why they wrote down the freedom they wrote down? Because they had had it with seeing slavery. They had had it with seeing people tormented and pushed down. They had had it. Do you understand that 5,000 years of slavery was on the earth at the time? and so somebody had to start to break the shackles at that moment and did you know people say well america had slaves two percent two and they wasn't america at the time there were british colonies who had 25 percent you know who had the slaves in the earth the muslim population and when americas begin to form this was back when it was colonies they brought the slave ships in, the Muslim people, the Islamic brought the slave ships in. And when they brought them in, they tried to sell the slaves up around, uh, uh, what was it, Massachusetts or somewhere up in there. And it was against the law there because people that formed the colonies for the most part ran from religious persecution. And so when they tried to sell them there, they didn't buy the slaves, they arrested the traders and set the slaves free. Some of them ran for public office and was elected for 40 years in public office. People don't teach you that. They don't teach that. America's only 240 some odd 50 years old. I mean, we're just very young. And we were the ones that took a blow and struck against it. Well, you know, brother, you know, uh, Thomas Jefferson had, yes, and Thomas Jefferson, did you realize that in Virginia, it was against the law to free slaves? It was against the law. There wasn't 13 colonies then. There were 13 independent nations. It was against the law. And so Jefferson f- stood up and fought against it. And he fought against it. And he got it to one vote. One. And he could have abolished it after he was president. One vote. He could have abolished it all. And one person voted against him. He said, would to God that one heart would have changed. He said, well, well, what about what, George Washington from Virginia? There was one loophole in the, the, the law. You know what it was? Would you like to know? The one loophole was this. You can free them if you die. So George Washington dying on his deathbed that day said, bring me paper, bring me paper. And he freed every one of them. You don't hear that. You ain't going to hear that. The greatest, some of the greatest founding fathers there were, were, were from the black culture. They were founding fathers that were black. You won't hear that because it don't fit the narrative. But they fought side by side. Look at Washington cross the Delaware and see who's at the front of the boat moving the raft. Look, you just start looking at some of this stuff. They hated it, so they wrote this. You ready for this? He said, if we're going to be free, then we must declare to the world why we want freedom. So they made a declaration of freedom. Now, these men were smart. They would go to the eighth grade and then go to Harvard. You didn't hear me. They'd go to the eighth grade and they were smart enough to go to Harvard. John Quincy Adams, somewhere between 11 and 14, was a USA diplomat to another nation. They were that smart. So do you think they understood, Charlie, when they wrote, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all, but they didn't know what all meant. They were dumb farmers. that all men were created equal think they knew what they were saying they knew exactly what they were saying and they struck a blow right at that moment against slavery they said we are going to abolish it and it made it turned things on its ear all men were created equal endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights nobody gave you these rights Only God gave them to you. And said every man has them. Among these, not all of these, just among them is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know what it says after that? If any government impedes any of these things, it is the duty of the people to pull it down.
5: Come on. Come on. That's it, brother.
4: I didn't write that. That's in your declaration. So you think they knew what they were doing? Absolutely, they knew what they were doing. I got to read this to you, and and then I, I guess I'm Garland. You you probably could take the mic, or I might keep going. I don't know. Listen to this, Patrick Henry. You remember Patrick Patrick Henry, I'm old man Henry's boy. <laughs> Yeah, Well, that's what he was, wasn't it? Yeah, he was, he was Mr. Henry's son. Okay. Patrick Henry, speaking at St. John's Church to the legislation there on March 23rd, 1775. This is what he said. He said, Sir, we're not weak if we make a proper use of those means which the God of nature hath placed in our power. The millions of people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country as that we possess are invincible by any force, which our enemy can send against us. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone, it is to the vigilant. And it says, the act, in fact, the war's already begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have? Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. In life, so, Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. He goes on to say, I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. That was the whole speech he made. In fourteen sentences, Patrick Henry quoted the Bible eleven times. Eleven times. And I'm convinced he prophesied the convoy from Canada when he said the next gale from the north will bring to our our ears the clash of resounding arms. He'll raise up friends to fight for us. Come on. This is the people who founded the nation. They hated slavery. They hated these things. That's why the nation was formed to abolish it. The first nation in America ever to abolish trade of slavery. We were the first ever. Now you think on these things. Who was it? Reverend Hoosier. He was a, a black reverend in the days of the Great Awakening. And he would go and preach. And, and some of the, the founding fathers that you know of, well, they knew him. They knew several of them. And they said, this is what he did. They said he could draw more people than anyone preaching. And so he started drawing these massive crowds preaching. His name was Reverend Hoosier. And he started drawing these massive crowds. And these wild mountain men were getting saved. And they were going into the wildernesses of Indiana. Illinois. And suddenly when they got up there, people said, "What? Who are these guys? They act different than, the, than all of us. They act different than the other wilderness trackers. They act different. They said, Oh, they're Hoosiers. What would Indiana do? I wonder how many of them know that they're called the Hoosier State from a black preacher from the colonial days. That it was him that did that. These things, they're story after story after story. You just, you're only told one thing. and the nation has been almost subverted, and now we're in crisis mode. Will we pull back? Yes. Because God will invade now.
5: (laughs) E chord again.
4: (laughs) E. Shake them, off. Shake, them off. Shake, them off. Shake them shackles off! Shake them off! Shake them off! Come on, you know it! Shake them off! Shake them off! Shake them off! Shake them off! I want to ask you something. How come that? What? What? Don't sit down now. Stay where you are. I want to ask you something. Shouldn't that stir within all of us? Why? Because they didn't write the Declaration of Independence just for this nation. What they wrote was the DNA that God wrote inside every DNA strand of every living man, woman, boy or girl on this planet. And they just wrote it down. And so the DNA, that declaration, all men were created equal endowed by certain uh, by their unalienable rights endowed by their creator. And nobody gave you those rights. No government gave you those rights. God gave you those rights and it's in your DNA. And that's why you stand up and start saying shake those shackles off. You You. You should stand up. You should should be the most bold, enthusiastic people in the world. God's people. You're the one that prophesies freedom. You're the one that speaks freedom. You have to begin to prophesy freedom. You have to start telling people around you. Shake those shackles up. I think sometimes I'm a cheerleader. That's what I feel like. Because I watch people in God's house just wither up and die. They say, this ain't Baptist, this ain't Methodist, this ain't Presbyterian. Well, God is not impressed by your religion at all. He gave the Baptist a revelation. He gave the Methodist a revelation. He gave the Catholics a revelation. He gave a revelation to them all. They denominated rules and put them in this side, these revelations, to keep you separated from the power of God at all. You have to shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Hear the Holy Ghost. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Oh, you got to shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Hey, hey. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it up. Can you pick it up when I'm out of breath? I don't mean out of dying breath. I'm talking about I've said it and said it and said it. I said it and said it and said it tonight. I said it and said it and said it tonight. I said it and said it and said it tonight. I said it and I begin to fight. For you. Now can you fight? Start saying it. Shake it off. Shake it off. Some of you wouldn't move your hands if there was a come along hook to it and pulling it up. Come on. You gotta get animated. Are you a tame lion or are you a wild lion? Hey. Are you wild? Or are you tame? Silence has never impressed hell. Tame has never impressed hell. let it stir within you let it stir within you i saw two rings one time and garland inch toward the stage or if not i may just keep going and going i saw these two rings <laughs> i mean these rings they were leather rings charlie they were and i'll never forget it wasn't that long ago and they were just like leather bands like rings Side by side. Joe Biden was in one. I'll never forget it. It's, I can't tell you something about that because it would it might jeopardize something. But I said this, I'll tell you this, and you you you're prophetic people. You know, a warrior knows when to shut up and when to talk. Sometimes you got to stir it up. Sometimes you got to risk making people angry and I saw these two rings and Biden was in one just sitting there like this, just a little, it was just, it was little, you know, it was a miniature scene and he's just in one. The other one said, Trump, there was no one in it. And I watched as this staff, I knew what it represented, it represented prophets. It was dropped in the ring. And the Lord says the prophets will will hold his place until he gets there. <laughs> prophets can't quit talking the truth. You know, Kim started way back. The first one ever that we knew of prophesied that. We can't quit prophesying if we do there's no road back but the nation will never be what you all what you ever knew before if we stop pray for the prophets there's a lot of them been through a lot of things since the July 4th at the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville when Baal and the prophets came to battle that day they've been through a lot of stuff That song, Shake Them Shackles Off, was on that program. What you just said, okay.
5: I'll take this one. What you just said is so, so, so prophetic. Because the second time for Bush's second term, that's when he really called for the prophet to come and prophesy. And when the prophet brought him, he brought him a word on a beautiful scroll. He brought it and, and and when he gave it to him, then he prophesied to him. And then President Bush said, don't stop prophesying. Presidential mandate. Yes, the president said, don't stop prophesying. And this spirit of bail uh, uh, has been trying to shut the mouths of the prophet. But you see, a prophet affected a king and a king came back and said, "Prophets, don't stop prophesying. That's the reason why we're still going, brother.
4: That's right. That's right. I, I wish we, if we had time to tell it, uh, brother Garland, about what what happened. There is there is something that Elijah did that I don't know that any that prophets have ever seen. It was something that he did." And, and you may not pick up on it if you don't know the history of what happened. See, this will take about five minutes to tell it. So just stay right here with me. You can stay standing if you like. Elijah, see, there was a prophecy in Joshua where Joshua prophesied in Joshua 6, 25 and 26. Joshua said this, he said, Whoever rebuilds Jericho, you will you will lay the foundation in your firstborn, and you will hang the gates in your youngest. A man named Heel rebuilt Jericho in the days of Elijah. When he did, when he built, when he laid the foundation, his oldest son died. When he finished the city, his youngest son died. Elijah was on his way down to tell Heel what happened, according to the Jewish teaching. And he's on his way down there to tell him, and Ahab is on his way down there. And they meet up in 1 Kings. And this is why it looks like Elijah came out of nowhere. And he met Ahab, and what Ahab essentially told him was, was this. He said, This is not the reason his sons died. He said, your master, Moses, because Elijah, he really studied Moses. He said, you're the one you follow. Moses said that if we worshiped a Baal and we did this with idols and we did this with everything that he was doing, he said that we wouldn't have any rain. We wouldn't have it. We'd have drought. He said, look at me. Ahab did. Look at me. I do all these things. Ahab was a priest in the house of Baal. That means he promoted killing children. He built the temple of Baal for his wife Jezebel. And he said, look at me. It's no, there's nothing happening to me. I'm rich. I'm prosperous. And Elijah said, it won't rain until I say it rains. There'll be no dew nor rain until I say it. Now wait a minute. Elijah's prophecy became was moses result of what he prophesied i'm not making that clear enough moses said if you do these things this will happen so elijah picked up that prophet's word and said now it will not rain until i say it rains so elijah's prophecy became the results of moses prophecy These prophecies from prophets that have come and gone are now linking together and we pick up what they said and begin to prophesy what they said would happen as it... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it right. This is prophetic authority that you don't see. See, Moses said if you worship idols, you'll have a drought. Ahab said it don't work. Elijah said... I take that as my prophecy. It won't rain or have any dew till I say it. Now, that result that Moses said would come is in Elijah's heart and mouth coming out. And for three and a half years, it didn't rain. Do you see? 2007. One of the earliest prophecies. Two terms. It was said again in 14. I on and on. Just kept going. Kept going. Prophets now. Said. We prophesy. And saw the end result. Carried there to the end. From another prophet. Prophet and their prophecy. Then suddenly they begin to see what they saw. And the link and the guild. The guild of the prophets. Begin to come together and now we are a prophet guild I said more than I I think I think that we know I said and I know I said more than I know I said I hope you got a lot out of tonight I know people would say "I, I wish you wouldn't prophesy and preach so political when this is over We'll start doing a lot more different things again. But don't get so tame down. Don't don't get tame. Be vocal. Speak out. Run for office. Start with the school boards. Stretch yourself on a generation. Amen. Come on, darling.
0: I'd like to, like to say some things here also. I was in the back earlier and uh, I was enjoying so much the music and the playing. And the Lord began to speak to me. He said, said, They have tried to divide the people. But this, this, the combination is what I'm establishing. So the divide the divide has not worked of what their plan is to bring such division between the races. So I think that the... Because there's only two. Exactly. So the prophetic moment is being fulfilled in this thing. You know, the other thing that, that's stirring in me is when Elisha, the... The word calls them children, but they were mocking him. And I believe we're, we're stepping into a moment that people really need to pay attention and be aware of what they're saying. Because it's when, when you look at David, David's qualifications to go towards Goliath was he killed the bear, he killed the lion, and he referred to them as the beast of the field which interpretation in this is demonic forces so they were not in covenant but they were forces that was coming to try to kill and what does Elisha call out of the woods is a beast of the field to devour the mockers so what happens is these that are mocking they need to really pay attention of mocking the prophets because of the demonic forces that will begin to attack them because of their words that they're saying and they're using. So I think, I man, I, I agree with what you're saying here. This is a moment of, um, of what prophets have prophesied and now it's being launched.
4: You know. If this is, I don't know. Maybe we muted this. We talked. We talked about, you know, on uh, two twenty-two, two twenty-two. Okay, all right. I, I don't really have time to go into this, but if you if you look at Ezekiel twenty-eight, Satan seals up the sum. Daniel seven twenty-five declares he seeks to change times, and dates. That's, that's what he works in, in time. He don't open portals in heaven or in hell. He opens them in time. That's, that's really heavy, but it's true. Now, watch this. So if you add, why would warlocks, witches, and all these covens think something was opening on that day? Okay, first of all, we have to see what they're dealing with. Two plus two plus two. Plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 is 12. It's the number of government. Now we got to say what government? Okay. 2 times 2 times 2 times 22 is 1776. So now you know what government? Okay. Then in We got to know when they're going to do it. 1777 was when the first Masonic lodges opened, the very first one opened to bring in the New World Order. And one plus seven plus seven plus seven is 22. And 222 was George Washington's birthday. They planned on bringing it in, in 22, the new world order. So I'm going to say something that could be dangerous. You can't, You when you look at, you look at Afghanistan. You look at Ukraine. You look at Iran, Iran. You look at these things. There was some telltale signs of Afghanistan. Billions and billions of dollars, 85 billion dollars, I think, worth of light arms, heavy arms, helicopters were left on purpose. You can almost count on this. By the next day there were some of our guidance systems being deciphered by China. While Afghanistan and the arms were given to the Taliban. And Americans were kept as slaves. Iran was Iran was given. billion in cash by President Obama to build a nuclear weapon. That's what it was about, to wipe Israel away. Trump stopped it, but suddenly they gave it back to him just the other day, just a few
0: few weeks back.
4: Now Iran has this again. They have it all back in order. Afghanistan, the Taliban has it, and someone has our most sophisticated guidance weapon systems in the world. And now suddenly the Ukraine is on the table. Prophetic cycles, yes. Agendas? Absolutely. In the year 9, 980 to 10, 15, whatever that whatever that is somewhere in that area, There was a nation called uh, Kiev Rus, and it's where Ukraine is now. And out of that came 15 republics, one being the Soviet Union and one being Kiev, the two most powerful ones out of 15, I think, something like that. You just check the math. You can check it out. I don't have any notes to really read it in front of me right this second. So here here it is, and you've got this. Then you see that, and you see that going on. Okay, then in 2013, okay, in 1991, the Soviet Union collapsed. Kiev, Ukraine kept most, a big part of their war arsenal. nuclear-tipped missiles ballistic missiles that ukraine had it so in 2000 russia formed its own nation out of the old soviet union and the leader of ukraine in 2013 or so made a deal with russia to give them a 15 billion dollar bailout ukrainian people said their leader sold them to russia Russia gave them the, the the guarantee that they would protect them. Well, they can't pay it back. In the days of, I think I'm saying it right, Kiev, Rus, something like that, whatever it was, you can, you can check it out. You'll probably say, your Alabama accent's wrong. I know, I know. But Rus is part of it. Rus. And so the leader of... That nation then, his name was Volodymyr. In Russia, Russian, it's Vladimir. The leader of the Ukraine right now is named Volodymyr. The leader of Russia is named Vladimir. You're in a prophetic cycle. And the, And I gave a word not long back, and this is what that word was. Some of you may have heard it. It's listed on my YouTube channel as current events. It says Everything's on the table. And I said this way back, and I said, I don't know how far out I'm seeing it, but everything's on the table. The bear's growling. The Ukraine is fainting. And the jackal in the White House is starting to chew his own leg off to get out of the trap they've placed him in. And then months later, now look where we are. The bear's growling. The Ukraine is fainting. And the jackal is trying to get out of it. You're in prophetic cycles whether you like it or not. So you might as well pick up your Bible and fight. You might as well just pick up your sword and go to war. This
0: sword. Amen.
2: Thanks.
0: Oh, was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thank both of you guys. Man, I told you it was going to be awesome tonight. Awesome. 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 So here's a challenge for each and every one of us. Our our church, we've been teaching very heavy on the soul, dealing with the soul, our soul. I quoted scripture out of third John verse two. It says, brethren, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. What was discussed here, what was taking place in the world, is also taking place in the church. And we have become contaminated in our faith, in our soul. And we have pushed our Bibles aside to take the word of somebody that's not really teaching the word. I'm not uh, going to get myself in trouble. What's happening is, We need to to go back into the Word of God so that we can grow a foundation in our life that no matter what's taking place around us, we can can understand the times and the seasons and know what to do. It's not enough just to understand the times and seasons. But we have to know what to do. And the only way that we can, as individuals, understand what to do is by the Spirit. And we get that by the Spirit because of the foundation of the Word in our life. Now, let me, let me show you this. The Word says, Give, and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall He cause men to give unto your bosom? Now, the first thing that each one of you said in your mind is we're going to an offering. You're right. We're going to an offering. But the condition of the soul determines the response to the offering or the response to the word. So there's an opportunity now to sow seed into ministry, but the condition of the soul will either release you to plant seed or hold you back because of the foundation or the knowledge or the lack of knowledge in the word. Making sense? but when I have an understanding of the Word and I have proved the Word in my life, then it's not a problem to give. Because I know when I give, He's going to bring back into my life, pressed down, shaken together, running over. He'll cause men to give unto me so that I'll have enough at, on any good occasion. Would you say that this is a good occasion? This is a great occasion that we have the wherewithal to give, but because we've been so polluted in our soul, we have walls up when it comes to offering, when it comes to giving. You know what the best thing to do tonight is to shatter that by standing out on the word and saying, you know what, I'm by faith, I'm going to give tonight. You say, well, I spent a lot of money coming up here. You know what? All of that's great and wonderful, got you here. But we're going to seal some things tonight in our soul by giving. We have some envelopes our ushers will be handing out. The reason we don't have printed envelopes on this time is that our roof was taken off in Ida, and we had a lot of moisture in our building. So in every one of our envelopes are all stuck together. So we brought some brand new envelopes today, and you can take your pen, write on there your name, address, if you're wanting to get uh, tax credit for that. but uh, And those that are watching by, whatever means you're watching by, if you want to give, you can go to Praise Church of Louisiana and uh, be able to give there also. all of this, this offering here is going totally to Prophet Robin and their ministry. When we put all this together, one of the biggest concerns that Prophet Robin had was, are we selling tickets? Because he said, I don't sell tickets in my meetings. I come freely. And I believe people give freely. And so those of you that bought the package, that's your rooms and that kind of stuff that took place there, this offering is going to prophet robin in their ministry tomorrow night we'll be receiving a offering for brother charlie up here and then tuesday night we'll be receiving a another offering from, for another prophet um patrick kightley thank you and we're going to bless them amen you're going to bless them if you're right writing a check thank you very much just make it to praise church so you need to just write Praise Church, and uh, we'll make sure that all of the... I'll tell you, what we do is every penny that comes in goes to them. And a lot of times we add to it uh, because we want them to be blessed. So I'm going to have our ushers to come, if you will, and, and uh, we're going to pass the offering. container. Did you enjoy this tonight? I'm going to tell you, every, every moment of it, every second of it was filled with meat. There's a lot to get from it. Amen. Tomorrow morning, what time do we start? Tomorrow morning, ten thirty. Thank you. Okay, ten thirty tomorrow morning we start. We're going to start promptly. Just going to have a, a couple of songs and and then I'm going to come and and minister. My wife will be ministering. We don't know who's going to go first, but uh, we're going to do that. And then we're going to break. We'll go. Get a bite to eat, and then we're gonna come back that evening, and we're gonna hear uh, Brother Charlie Jordan is gonna tear the place up again tomorrow. And uh man, I'm gonna tell you what, this was a special night, a special night. There was there was some connection things that happened in the realms of the spirit in here that uh, I think are very powerful. But uh this is what the church ought to look like. Amen.
1: Amen. Before you are dismissed, let me say, we were going to do our group photo tonight, but I I, I made an executive decision because I can. And I said, we're not doing it tonight because we're tired. But we're going to do it another night. So bring your shirts with you. I don't know which night. I'll tell you in the morning which night we'll do it. We may wait till Patrick's here and do it Tuesday night before we end the conference. But we always like to take a group shot picture and you use it. When we advertise for each year, and uh, we'd love for you to participate. Thanks to those of you who came tonight only that were not able to be here for the whole conference. Hopefully, we got your contact information. We can keep you informed of events in the future that we'll be having. And if you'll notice on your name badge on the back of it, there's a little bitty QR code. And that, if you'll scan that, that has the conference schedule. Some of you, I have your cell phone numbers. If I do, I can text you the schedule, but if not, you can get it from the QR code on the back of your name badge, and that way you'll be abreast of everything that's going on. We love you all. Hope you have a wonderful night and a restful night. We really appreciate the prophetic ministry from tonight. Take it to heart. It is online on our website. You can go back and watch it again if you want, or share it with others. That would be awesome. And um, we pray a blessings over you as you go. Father, give us peace, Lord. We thank you for that. Lord, we leave tonight, Lord, under the blessings of the Lord and the rest of the Lord. May we rest well tonight. I speak health, prosperity, and breakthrough over each and every person. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you as you are dismissed. We'll see you in the morning.